This episode of Super Pulp Science is brought to you by the things we make. If you want to support uh, Gregory Kamichuk, you can go to gmbkamichuk.ca. And if you think Justin Curry is just all right, you can go to chasingartwork.com. Attention, citizens. It's time for Super Pulp Science. This is Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how a genre gets made. Once again, on this episode of Super Pulp Science, we are free, free of our long-suffering co-host, Chasing Artwork, known in some circles as Justin Curry. I've switched how I normally introduce him because he has abandoned us again. And so I'll have my way with his introduction until he returns. He did promise me you would be twice as charming. He was wrong. <laughs> Impossible. I'm surprised. I Impossible. Mean, well, in his in his stead, how we can have... you double an infinite thing? I don't know. In his stead, we have brought the new studio um, staple, reliable. What would you call yourself? I just hang. I'm just hanging out. Just hanging just out. Just hanging out. Lyndon Radchanka and our um, producer extraordinaire Dan Vatabunker is on the show today, and we are going to talk about a couple of things. But Lyndon brought up that we should not or leap the fact that I had recently just done an event and had worn a different hat than I normally wear. So for the dear listeners' sake, I will explain that this is post "Love You to Death." A event that myself and Joey Semp put on. She uh, runs an outfit called Local Jukebox, and we put together a musical cinema seance called I Love You to Death. And it belies description a little bit. So, one of the things that I'm hoping to do is get Lyndon's point of view as someone who attended it, who I basically ignored while he was there. <laughs> Because I was too busy doing things. Um, and as a uh, event runner, you know how once it starts, the energy you'd love to give to those people who you see every day in person just evaporates like so much smoke. Yeah, it does. Right? So. Well, let's, let's, before we talk to Lyndon, let's hear from you. How was it from your perspective? From, explain what it was. Yeah, that, that would help. <laughs> like what uh, the average listener is going to hear, musical cinema seance. Yeah, and say, I don't know if they deserve the to know that? what it was well, really they didn't, like. Well, they didn't bother to go, so you, don't, yeah, you have to pay I, for it. That's how I feel. No, it's not the paying. It's that we were trying to create an experience, and that experience is not something that retrospectively, I think, can... Oh, it's so really beneath it's you just, to explain it to no, that's not what I mean. That is not what I mean. What I mean is, if I tell you just the constituent parts, uh, we cut up a Metropolis, Nosferatu, and Bride of Frankenstein. I directed them down to 20-minute. Um, it's a heinous crime of filmmaking that we took in an original movie and we re-edited it, redirected it to a different theme. So it now is not a short version of the same movie, but a new movie using elements of the old movie cut it apart and rebuilt it on the theme of love you to death so you see a thing that you want and you go after it and then you're destroyed by it and each of those movies have enough of those pieces in them that you can recontextualize them um bride of frankenstein is not silent 
but we took out all the dialogue. We took out all the music. We took out everything and we treated, treated it like a silent film. And then um, four very talented, very incredible musicians came in and did music live for the event, um, created an original scores for each of the pieces, and then presented them. We also had an intermission so that um, a makeup effects artist to create a creature known as the chalice, which is an original creation of mine that would, was present at the event that you could have your portrait taken with. And then the chalice would also draw your fortune out uh, so that it could be handed to a person, the brush of fate, who would then write that fortune on the back of a tarot card that you received when you first entered the event by taking it from a seance already in progress that you had to walk through. So there was an entire I'd sort of curated uh, experience that we were trying to make. And the reason we were doing that is that the pandemic was hard on a lot of people, or as we called it at the studio, the event. The event, yeah. And I felt like a lot of people I knew in theater, in film, in music, in, you know, just people in the communities that I dabble in here around the city could be reminded of how wonderful it is when we all work together and just use our imaginations to make something that hadn't existed before. And in this case, we stood on the shoulders of giants. We took three incredibly influential films that were all 100 years old that are so often referenced in modern cinema that people don't even realize that's the reference. It's just like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. And so we wanted to go back to some of that and show it. And the, the greatest thing about the event to me, even though it was a sold-out event, that wasn't, really the, that wasn't really the drive. And, you know, the audience gave a standing ovation at the end. And that, you know, I cried right along with the band when that happened. But the number of messages I got after the fact, 15 or 20, I think it's up to now, people who said, I've gone back and watched those movies in their entirety as a result of being introduced to them for the first time in my life nice. at this event. And just to be reminded that we are um, not forced to just take everything offered to us by modern media, that there is hundreds of years of good stuff that we can look back to that belongs to us, that is in the public domain, that you can look for on the Internet Archive, watch in glorious 4K, and it belongs to you, the is, public. Is it because, is Bride of Frankenstein, was that because Frankenstein's in, in not under um, public domain? Uh, was it was, it, what was the reason for Bride of Frankenstein? I love Bride of Frankenstein and visually so much of modern horror, I think, consciously or unconsciously, is referencing elements of Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that even when people are thinking of Frankenstein, they're probably thinking of Bride of Frankenstein. Exactly. Right? right. Like, because, yeah, yeah, I see what the you're saying. The rampage there. through the town, that's yeah. Bride. Yeah. Right? Throwing people off the tower, actually, that's in Bride of Frankenstein. Right? Breaking free of the chains, that was in Bride of Frankenstein. Right? right? Uh, blowing up the tower at the end, that was in Bride of Fl Frankenstein. Th those weren't from the original. And the bride herself with that hair is oh, just so iconic, right? Just so, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, Linda, what'd you think of it? The beer was good. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. a monster. And this is wine. To drink. 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 It was, what, three hours for the event? Yes, that's right. Um, it felt shorter because it was paced very well. 
the way that it was set up was, as Gregory said, you arrived. You the the seance that you interrupted was near the door. Um, you took your card and you moved into the the next part of the park theater, which is where I don't know if Gregory specified it's located. It was located. Um, in the back, there was a display where you could have your photo set up with. Um, taken by the, with the chalice as well as uh gregory had a booth of some of his famous like retro or not retro but uh throwback artwork of all the his horror movie covers that he's done so it was very cool to see all of that also um there was a pre-show video that played what was it titled oh yeah i forgot we also played the short film uh, not of this world as like a palette cleanser. Hmm. Uh, so Not of This World was a short film that we did, which is also black and white. Um, it is an adaptation of the Minus Institute stories that I do as graphic novel. Uh, we shot it over three days, four days, and then a whole bunch of posts uh, directed by Michael Sanders, a uh, pod- friend of the podcast here. And one of my favorite things about that night, it's funny that I stepped over it, was watching the audience watch that film because it's so weird (laughs) well the movie itself is very peculiar but everyone who had self-selected to come to our event already came for something weird Mm -hmm. so there was a it was the perfect audience to watch that movie they laughed at all the parts that we always found funny but some audiences have been like, what am I even seeing? They gasped at the parts that are gaspable, and they were, you know, puzzled by the parts that are intentionally puzzling, but there wasn't anybody that was like, oh, that was so dumb, mm. right? They were there to watch something a little bit strange, and we prefaced it as, you know, when I introduced the film, I said, if you feel, uh, there are some side effects from watching this film, but it's to remind you that you're now in a different place, and what we're going to do for the rest of the night something that you don't normally expect to have done. And then we played it again at the end. So it was parenthetical. It was like a way to come into the experience and a way to leave the experience. And I think the film is only like 11 minutes long or something. So it's not, it's now, not a big ask. At the risk of spoiling that video, yeah, is it essentially a rock, paper, scissors game? You could argue. Okay. All right. Yeah. That was, I remember watching it and being, I think they're just playing rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Um, you could, that just you makes me want to watch it more. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Except at the end, somebody bursts. Yeah, exactly. Someone's yeah. head explodes. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, it's about how existence precedes essence is what it's really about. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so then the band start, started playing. And now I have to admit, I have not seen in full any of those three movies. Okay. So when Gregory just said minutes ago that they cut them up and reorganized them to tell a different story. I didn't know that until just now because yeah, I haven't the, seen them. If you think you've seen a short version of any of those movies, you are very wrong. So you thought it was all the same movie? Well, I thought it was a condensed version of the same movie. Oh, okay. But really it was cut up and reorganized to tell a different story. It'd be amazing if hundreds of people now believe they've seen that movie and then go into a conversation telling other people what it's about. They're going to lose every one of those arguments. Yeah, remember the part of Metropolis when the Wall Street Fund? Okay, anyway. I should also not skip over that um, Rusty Robot, uh, Natalie Felicitas, uh, Carrie Latimer and Rafael Reyes were our band, mm-hmm. and they were amazing. They're incredible. Like, <sighs> I, it, 
During the swell of Bride of Frankenstein, I stood in the sound booth and wept mm. um, because I had not heard the entire scores of any of the films. I played the silent fifth member of the band by providing them the movie. And that was sort of our agreement was that's the role I will play and your role is to play the music. And they invited me a couple of times to practices and I said, if I observe it, I'll change it. So I shouldn't observe it. I trust that you are of a, they sent me a few snippets to begin with. And I also sat in with one during one of their planning sessions where um, Carrie Latimer mentioned to them, you know, maybe what we'll do is each of us will embody a character of the film so that we're not stepping over each other as we try to, you know, take command. That way, every time the character switches, everyone will know whose job it is to support which musician. And once I heard that, I knew I don't, there's nothing I can contribute as a non-musician more intelligent than that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to stay right the hell out of it and let them do their thing. And I've heard all of their music separately, so I knew what they were capable of um, and just let them put together something that was so arresting. Now, so going back to not being familiar with the films and just keying in to something that you said earlier, which was the people who self-selected their way into this show. Do you, And I'm trying to think of sort of how I would describe or how I would speculate on what the common characteristics of the, that audience would be. And yeah, it's wild because there's people from their 20s to their 60s in that audience. So do yeah. you think it's people who are, and we maybe this is in my mind because we were speaking about it off, uh, off mic earlier, people who welcome the defamiliarization of art. <laughs> people, yeah, who want think they, people who want something that feels slightly off-center. I wonder. Or oh, I would say just people who accept it. Well, sure, yeah. Because <laughs> that's just the, the idea of something being off-center is, is like really disturbing to some people. Well, and I, right? I you know, the, it was interesting. And I say the band as if they always spoke with one voice. They didn't always. But even separately, there was feedback to say like, wow, you guys really, uh, you know, brought the crowd in. And I kept trying to defer that. I was like, no. Even people who didn't know what was here you all have been professional musicians in Winnipeg for a long time. So when people see your names, they know you wouldn't participate if it wasn't going to be Coming. of value. Good evening. Smoke. Friend. Yes, I hope so. Have a cigar. They're my only weakness. Here's one thing that really stood out. No one was on their cell phone. Oh, that's awesome. One thing that really stood out to me that I was I use as a metric whenever I am present in a large crowd, if they're on their phones, it's not holding their attention. If the addiction to your phone can overstep the social grace of not being on it in a public event, the event is falling short also. Yes, I know we can blame the crowd all we want, but nobody was on their phone. And... During the intermissions, everyone had things to talk about that were not related uh, or that were, pardon me, related to their shared experience of like, well, what happened when you took the card from the seance? Did they grab your hand? Yeah. Did something weird happen? Are you, did you see this monster in here? No, I, I can't see it from this angle. Oh, well, come around, take a look at this. Did you see the art? Do you know who made this? Do you know how this, like everyone was talking about the weather in a way, but the weather was the show. Nice. 
and the intermissions were just long enough that you could go get a drink, you could mingle a little bit, you could visit one of those three areas before you were reminded that like something else weird is about to happen and you don't want to miss it. And what was the, talk about the creature more, was this like a, a person in a suit or was it just a still thing that was sitting there? Uh, Emma Mayon did the creature effects for us on the chalice. And what happened was I reached out to Emma and said, um, this was for a different short film project where I had heard that Emma was doing some makeup effects, creature effects, and Emma had sent to me some, I guess, portfolio pieces of this crazy vampire with these huge ears and this like purplish skin, like a prosthetic attachment uh, forever ago. And so as we were building up to need the creature, the chalice, which is this vampiric thing, it was just in my head. I was like, well, I got to reach out to Emma. It's got to be Emma. Who else is going to do it? Who else sent me pictures of vampire prosthetics in recent memory? It's only one person. So that's <laughs> who I'm going to ask first. And um, similarly to the instructions that we gave to the band, I said to Emma, once we're done deciding, everything's up to you. If you need to change it because the prosthetic won't attach properly and you need to make an adjustment to the design, that's your decision, which I will leave to you. I don't know how to work with those materials. I don't know about the timeline. I don't know about the costs associated with making a sudden last minute change. I don't want to know those things. I want to just trust that you're going to do your job and the work that I've seen you do so far is great. And then we also had this other um, great safety net, which was we were going to light the booth and we were going to have a veil. Which means even if on the day the makeup was only 70% there, we were going to put a veil on it and we could cheat it with lighting so that it would still look good. It'd be No one was expecting a monster right. prosthetic, number one. And so it was already going to be far and beyond that. And I said, we don't have to make it film ready. We just have to make it camera ready, like still. And if you're doing makeup, that doesn't have to be, doesn't have to look alive in motion, mm -hmm. then you can do a lot of great stuff. And I, I thought she blew it out of the park. Like it was totally, totally fantastic. And then um, uh, Tara Cole McCaffrey did all of our costumes and get everyone in the right look. Everyone had periods. Some of the clothes that people were wearing were as old as the films that we were watching. And it was just this really beautiful, cohesive element where it my name went on it, the event, but really it was like a, almost like a producer credit. Like I, now I understand why directors sometimes will say, you know, w we don't deserve the credit that yeah. we are given because the team makes it. Yeah. And in this case, a hundred percent that, yeah. um, people want there to be a name attached, but, um, in a way, I, I feel so lucky that my name got to be attached to a thing that was just pulled off by so many pros. So, yeah. And it was also the debut of the late night news? Yeah, the uh, Midnight City Late Edition. Yeah. So, the other thing that Emma is doing is Emma works, uh, Emma is a writer in her own, in her own right. Sure. Can you use that twice yes. in the same sure. sentence? And an editor, so Emma, if you're listening, and I shouldn't have said that write and write in the same sentence, this is why I need an editor. Um, we've put together my newsletter. I hate newsletters. 
I, I just I despised them. So I wanted to do something more interesting. And so we created a newspaper called the Midnight City Late Edition. And we borrow all these elements from public domain also. Famous writers in the horror and macabre, but also unknown writers that we've pulled up and lifted up and cut little articles to, laid it out like a newspaper, like an old broadsheet. And then there's this one tiny little ad that sort of stands out in that it's the only modern piece on the newspaper, which points at Super Bowl signs and points to the website and some other things. But it's just a big broadsheet that seems like it's a newspaper set inside Midnight City, written by a bunch of famous authors of horror and suspense and thrillers. And my uh, son Finley dressed up as a paperboy and distributed those all throughout the event, which was kind of a nice piece too because as people came in and they weren't sure when the film was going to start and they didn't know what to do they got handed this newspaper mm. which they thought was a program so everyone took it oh there's a program it's kind of like i could see that was their life their anchor their yeah. anchor yeah. was like oh yeah i'll take this and then i'll know what to do i'll sit down and i'll know what's coming and then they sat down and they're reading passages from Edgar Allan poe and <laughs> snippets of like ghost stories from 1812 you know and things like that so it helped to set the mood and then we ran out of them like we didn't make as enough too many people showed up so thank you all of you who showed up and then it became like an item where someone was people were like well, where'd you get that oh i got it because i came early oh i should have come early you know mm -hmm. those kinds of feelings so um tarot is quick to point out that we should have not enough of everything for everyone for the whole event that everyone who came on time should get everything if you came late, there should be a penance. <laughs> I'm on board with that. I hate late people, but right, yeah. Just, you know. And not that the event would be less, but that the amount of sort of free stuff, right, is used up. It went, that's it was, that's usually the way it goes. Whenever yeah. there's a free giveaway, like think about the Jets giving away their bobbleheads and stuff yeah. like that. You don't get not everybody gets it. Oh, maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe that's true. But usually there's some kind of door. It's a door crasher, right? It's yeah. like encourage people to come there early. And with the uh, tarot cards, what I did is I made eight different images that were related to elements of what we thought the show was about. So there was one, the dream, one, the shadow, um, the guide, the brush, you know, these kinds of things. And so when you drew the card, it wasn't a, it looked like it might be a tarot card. But when you flip it over, it referenced the entire event yeah. also. And so and so you you edited the movies, right? Correct. So um, no, I didn't do the edit. I did the direction. So oh, I gave okay. all the edit notes, right? Like all the time signatures for the edit, and then uh, Mike Sanders, much to his chagrin, uh, took a knife to works <laughs> of great cinema and then cut them together. Okay, okay. Yeah. interesting. I just find that's an interesting idea of taking an existing piece and then re it's a remix, right? It's like a, it's yeah. like you do for music. Yeah. It's the same idea. Same idea. But yeah. doing it for film, it's not, I don't hear of that being done very often. Yeah. And so I think it's because we all kind of respect the film as a, as a complete as a piece. Whole unit, yeah. When um, I asked Mike, how do you want to be, because we put credits together. Yeah. I said, okay, so I'm going to put the credits together. You know, how should I put in there as editor or how or you want to, you know, Butcher. you always check, you always check, right? <laughs> yeah. He said, please list me as murderer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I won't. Editor is fine. He's like, fine editor, but I feel a little guilty. <laughs> it is interesting to think, Henry, that once upon a time, we should have been burnt at the stake as wizards for this experiment. Doctor, I think the heart is beating. But then when the crowd arrives and the music arrives, and the experience is new, 
and we weren't trying to pretend we were doing a version of Metropolis. Right. We were doing a different thing using scenes from Metropolis as our visual element. Um, and the director of the, each of the films, their name was the biggest in the credits, and we gave credit to the original film crew. We, like, we didn't say, as, hey, I made this whole movie. No, and as you said, you encouraged people to watch it. You said more people went and watched the actual movies, yeah. so that, that's excellent. Um, I think it's a great idea. Um, I didn't, I, I admit, I didn't really fully understand what it was until you just explained it now. Like, I'd heard you talking about it well, um, over it, the weeks, but... It's too bad that Justin wasn't here because he brought our friend Ian. Uh, he and Ian box all the time. Ian's been on the podcast Oh, before, yeah, yeah. I know Right? Uh, so Ian says, well, we're going to... What are we doing tonight? He's like, well, we're going to go to Greg's event. And Ian said to Justin, well, what is it? And Justin said, well, Greg's been talking about it for a month, and I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I don't I have no idea but we're just gonna go I think it's gonna be good and the number of people who came who told me a similar story like we did not know what this was but we didn't kind of want to miss it because we That's knew good. once we missed it you weren't likely to do it again yeah right and that is a uniquely Winnipeg attitude another thing that happened which is very rare to the Winnipeg audience and has our undying gratitude is we sold a ton of tickets ahead of the event wow that is unusual for winnipeg yeah for sure this is a last minute town yeah so the last minute effect that we were you know when we started promoting it a few months ago the idea was like okay well you have to promote but just expect and we were talking to the venue and they were saying like this is just what happens it'll be the night before that you really know whether you got something but we knew where we stood you know three weeks out from right. the event that's and, always very and that was yeah like enormous yeah for us cool and i don't know what the secret is like we planned just so that and i think this is good for the for posterity's sake we're like well if 50 people come and that's it that's enough for us to have been pleased to have put it all together and the reason being is that I want to do, we have a script for a short film called The Chalice. I wanted to do a makeup test for The Chalice. I wanted to find the band that was going to do the music for the film. And so I told myself if the expense of the event is paid completely into the pre-production costs of the film, then it will be worth it. Because you never get a chance on a low-budget film to have a dress rehearsal, mm -hmm. to test those parts, to see what an audience reaction of any sort will be. Like you can't, on a short film, have a test audience. Right. <laughs> this doesn't no. happen, right? You don't do a new edit. So we got to play with all those pieces. And I'm, a, you know, I've never directed a film before. So it let me also practice with the best possible ingredients you could hope for and give those notes then to the film editor to put it together. So I got to practice editing three films, and I did sort of five versions of each one. So I sort of directed 15 versions of the films and then picked my favorite of each one, and then those were the ones that I asked for the edit notes for. So that was a growing process for me and something I could just do in my own time and, and practice. So uh, the real proof will be, I guess, in the direction of the final piece that we're going to do right which is not some lofty thing we're going to do it like it like a black and white silent movie so we get to overact in it we get to do bad cuts we get to do you know mm -hmm. but we're going to use modern technology so hopefully it'll be great 
cool. Well, yeah, that sounds like a good uh, strategy for doing it. But but you did sell out. You got you sold all the tickets. You had a great event, and uh, sounds like you're going to do it again. Well, here's the here's the question: Is no? You started <laughs> the conversation by saying you can't describe what the event was. Yeah, and that's because you can't. It's harder to describe a feeling than the you know constituent parts of an event. So I mean, we can describe it, but it's taken us a half an hour. Yeah. yeah. So, so when people question, say, "What so are you doing question, on Thursday?" You can't say, "Can I?" Take a half an hour to explain it to you. Right. So now the question becomes, will you do it again? And how do you think it would change the magic if this is now no longer a one-night event? Yeah, it would change it a lot. Um, and having seen it, it changes it. It's like what we were talking about, right? When you observe a thing, you, you change it. It's the, the curse of the documentary filmmaker, right? Um, now that I've seen how the event works... And we didn't know it would work now that we think we understand the success, which, by the way, we could not predict. We did not believe it would work. We believed it wouldn't work and we were going to do it anyway mm. for its artistic on its artistic merit. We were just going to do it anyway and eat, absorb the cost because it would be good for all the people involved to be involved and be reminded that the world is still here. Changed as it is, but still here. You know, artists need that reminder once in a while. So now to go into it saying we know how to do an event properly is like the wrong attitude. The venue has reached out and said, please do it again. <laughs> of course. Please do it three times more. And we're supposed to have a meeting next week where I feel like we may just have to say no. I wouldn't do it again the same. No, I was saying you wouldn't do the exact same thing, but you would have like do not maybe not even movies, maybe a different type of experience, right? Like, come up with something new. Well, and this is Bear's saying um, on record also is I gave a contract to the band to say that all the music that they make is theirs. Yeah. Um, and that they can exploit any way they'd like. And I also gave them access to all the art and promotional images that we used for the event so that if they want to make an album or go on tour with it or if there was some step beyond what we got them together to do, what we paid them to come to do, they'd have my blessing to go and do that. So I don't know what that looks like. There is some talk of another step, but that's not my news to uh, share. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited by that notion that these four people who had not performed together now want to keep performing together. And that's, to me, the, if that's what comes out of it, I think maybe that's what makes it worthwhile. Cool. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, it's... I'm sorry I missed it. I really am. I don't know why I didn't go. I don't know. When was it? The I, day after, two days I after Valentine's me. Day? Yeah, it could have uh, been. So you, been. You might have been busy, Dan. I might have been. I don't you know. Been I might have been working. He I work was a still lot. smoking cigarettes. What? In tousled pillows two days after. I think after. it's a Valentine's Day reference. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. He was in post-coital joy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> lasted. You can't say that on this show. Can we not? I mean, it's show. I mean, if you can look up, I mean, if you're young and you know what coital is, then. That's hilarious. It's funny that you say smoking cigarettes after this is all coming together because I recently watched Young Frankenstein, um, which is, uh, which I. So good. Well, the thing is, I mean, and, and somebody pointed out, I made a, a TikTok video about it and people pointed out that that movie uses a lot of the original equipment that was used in the first Frankenstein, which I assume was repurposed for Bride of Frankenstein or something like that. I don't know that if that's I'm true. I'm not sure. But. But, but, you know, that kind of stuff. It's very much, it looks a lot like the original. And, it, and um, but the point about the smoking was that there's a lot of, like smoking after sex that's a very much a, a, a cliche uh in that movie and it's at the time i think so 
I don't know. Your reference is a bit dated there. See, I managed not to use the word sex wow. so that the young listener would not be I think they offended know coitus. by its coitus? She's alive. Alive! I'd be curious to know if, while you were in the crowd, and that short film played, and then the music came up and whatever... Was it jarring? Was it uh, disconcerting? Did it discombobulate? So that's not a good question for me because I had seen that video before. Okay, fair. you had shown it to me that's when right. it was you first saw a rough produced. Cut. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, like you said, the the combination of there's no program to this event. You're not going to give be given a timeline. The first thing that is shown to you is a video that you know is kind of weird or you may not understand. Um, that pre-show set the rest of the show up for people that were there. Like, if you don't, if you can't get get on with these things, if you're not on board at this point, yeah, you're yeah. not. It's not I'm the sorry. show. The night is not going to get That's better right. for you. That's right. Yeah, you're on the midnight train to Moscow, and we're not stopping until we get there. Right. Yeah, I, I and it would it, it would be disconcerting to not have a pro. I like to have an idea of how long an event is going to be. Well, and there wouldn't have been an idea of that. Hey, this was my. Um, punishment uh tara and i often talk about how people won't read yep if you make a poster for the event that has everything as soon as you post it you will receive a direct message that says what time is it yep. and what is the date where is it yeah where is it it's at the door yeah all they? that stuff so <laughs> what we did was on the event page at the park theater we put a program okay. by the minute and that was the program we followed that was our show notes uh. we put them all there what time every single aspect would begin and end and why was there. So if anyone had clicked one layer deeper, every answer would have been there for okay. them. And the number of people that had no idea but came anyway was astounding to me. But also it wasn't because we didn't make it available. That was a perception of the crowd. <gasps> it's a mystery. They're not telling us. Actually, it's right there on the website in a long list by the minute exactly what's going to happen. But it we're not. It's just not being given to them when via the in. social convention That's that right. everyone is used to. Yeah. So it was, you know, that was just us being, that was just me being like, I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home if we don't do it my way. <laughs> uh, so that was it. And then the other side of it is that I really loved the way that people stayed really late. Like they stayed you know, the majority of the crowd stayed for the second viewing of a film they had already seen. And we told them it was coming. Like, after this next intermission, we will be showing the film that we started the thing with. And so, you know, if you want to stay for the late night uh, version, amazing. But if you just want to get your picture with the chalice and get out, you know, now's your chance. Mm -hmm. The number of people who sat down again to watch a thing they had already seen after watching three other things right that were very intense was really gratifying just that no one wanted to have missed any part of it mm -hmm. which is what you want when you make an experience right you want them not to miss it so a successful thursday evening in minus 40 degree weather yeah in winnipeg yeah in so the winter. and hats off to uh love you to death the whole event and the venue and the band and all that kind of stuff <sighs> That's his big exhale. That's my big exhale. <laughs> Saving that discussion um, for weeks. 
weeks. Yeah. I want to get people who were part of it. I'd love to get Rusty Robot on to talk about it. Um, he was very instrumental. Uh, that's not intended to be a pun, but in getting the band together and keeping the entire feeling. He was. It was clear that when the band would look to him for timing and signatures, I don't know. I'd like to know what the internal... Uh, like plan or didactic elements were that meant that at a certain moment I would see everyone in the band look to him for a certain note, a certain beat, and then they'd run from there. Hmm. Uh, so there was something in the timing that they were all relying on a single person to make sure they got right. And I would not have wanted that to be me. <laughs> so I'm really glad it was Rusty Robot. So, yeah. Cool. So. So now your mind turns to the future. My mind turns to the future. Yes, I'm not an event coordinator, nor am I a music producer. I make comics for a living. And so, uh, uh, but I really want to figure out a way to combine all that stuff. And the event gave us a way to have, you know, we, I had an art booth there. I didn't bring any books, just brought art. Maybe I should have brought books because far more people than I thought would care came and perused the portfolios and bought art and bought framed art and bought stuff for their walls and i was i brought stuff just for a cool display and suddenly it's always nice to bring less stuff home but i was not that was not its reason for being there and it just makes me realize that there are lots of different ways that we can embrace those different fan pieces those different things we all love and express it in a way that is uh i don't know unique we tried to give more than than we charged for that was also oh, for sure no i i would how much was it 20 dollars. oh that's well worth 20 bucks that yeah. that's a great deal like that what i love about it is that you give people so much to do other than just to sit there and watch things which is what these things normally are you yeah. just sit there passively and watch a thing uh no you can get up you can move around you can go have your photo taken with the thing you can get a tarot get a card beer whatever in a few moments from now she will speak to you from where she is through this electrical machine where is she not far from here. Okay, let me ask you this. I know this is a thing with the Park Theater. Did you have to encourage people to drink beer? Was that a thing you tried to do? I didn't. But that was something that they said, if you sell more beer, you get a discount or something like uh, that? No, nothing like that. Oh, no. That. I well, thought that was a deal. What happened was uh, Sucrums organizes a whole bunch of film events at the Park Theater oh. and works with Joey pretty regularly on different things like helping promote her live music uh, events. Um, giving stuff to the bands, doing backstage stuff, green room support, that kind of stuff. So we went to meet, and the owner there also used to make comics, and we really got along on that note. And then I said, well, why don't we do, you know, a short-run label on a brew and so that's how the can the second together. beer that's the second one i've done yeah you don't As, drink no you've i got don't two drink. beer cans right. yeah in six months <laughs> within six months yeah in six months i've done art on two beer cans uh. chainsaw hand and uh love you to death and i really yeah it's weird <laughs> it's weird it, it's interesting that this has become a medium for art you know that a beer can no, is no i don't like it but i also love it because you're accessing a whole new audience. Well, it's the democratization of what it is we do, right? right? I can't, 
you know, you can't earn a living wage if you try to sell only your paintings. You have to find other ways to reach out to people. And then the other side is, too, is I love doing the graphic design. I was doing all of the elements of Love You to Death anyway. So adding a piece that could be printed on the label was, you know, easy. And this for is me. the chalice? That's the chalice oh, thing, wow. right? And so it became a way to like tangibly, <laughs> I don't know, uh, commemorate the event in a way. And it's funny because not everything is for every person. So I'm reminded that even though I don't drink, that doesn't, you know, and my reasons for not drinking are, are uh, uh, manifold, but pretty straightforward. I just, I, I think there are probably other things you should do to your body and with your body, but that's not for me to say to other people. I like the, um, the use of like the Nosferatu and the, you can see the photos of the, or the images of the, um, yeah, there's a little bride on there for each one, for each one yeah. of the three photos. There's a yeah. Metrop Metropolis robot. Yeah. Olympia. I don't, I don't know the name. <laughs> of course you know her name. Um, anyway, great job. Very good. Yeah. So, um, I guess, is this uh, this goes from like a high-minded art discussion to like if you are a uh, beer label manufacturer and you'd like to talk to me? I guess I'll work with you now. I would have told you no a year ago. <laughs> I just think it's it's a it's all about the marketing and and these opportunities for these these companies, beer companies specifically. But I think there's probably a fit there for a lot of different categories, not just beer. It just happens to be where you found your. Yeah, because right Winnipeg has so many microbreweries. Right, it's a yeah. it's a trend. It is a trend, yeah. and so in ten years it might be something different. You might be putting your, you might be like, um, I don't know. I can't think of anything else right now. Yeah, well, and you know what is a microbrewery? It's somebody. It's someone creating a taste for a short time. Right, and that is you know there's something. And everyone like is, needs that. needs a piece of art to to express what it is. Yeah, once well, the best thing about these labels uh, on the short run is that they're I guess they're a type of vinyl, so you can peel it right off the can. And then stick it flat on something else. And then you got your art. And so if you, yeah. I mean, that's what I did with them. I didn't drink any of these empty cans that are here. Hmm. Right. So. Cool. Yes. Good so uh, what, what comes next? What does come next? As, as far as like events go, making the short film and a Super Pulp Science um, sponsored short film event is something I would really love to do. Because we have three in the can that I've worked on either as an art director or as a writer. Um, and we're making Chalice. And so I think that that might be a nice extension to say, you know, if you came to this other weird thing, I've got a, have um, I got a weird thing for you? You could do a po podcast recording afterwards with uh, with the people who made the films and, and talk about the process. Well, that's not of a it. bad idea. Yeah, like a po that, that's kind of been a thing I noticed at screenings, at film screenings. And I think Kevin Smith is the guy who pioneered this. Is just show the movie and then talk about it afterwards. So they show his movie and then he does a little podcast where they talk about it, like people The Walking Dead did. Well, they stole it the from him. Dead. I'm pretty sure they stole it from that guy. And I, I mean, I mean, it's sure it's been done a, a lot of different ways. But um, but yeah, if you have a Q and A, if you show the films and have a Q and A and just discuss it, people really like that. Yeah. So it there's be, something there. Need to be a third thing, a third. Oh, weird of course. Thing. The three. The rule of threes is always. Uh, we would need like an actual, an actual flying saucer to descend from the sky and evaporate somebody. That's what we would need to really. Make a super pulp science film festival work. <laughs> you should do a short scene from a play and have actors. Yeah, well, that's an interesting thought. Now you have the theater background also that's to do true. that. Well, yeah, that's true. 
who I would, you know, when you're thinking about that kind of stuff, you tag people. So Andreas Artisan is who I would tag, the yep. device theater element, to come and take the stage and do something totally mind-blowing. Um, and you can be weird about it, right? You, could, you have the full permission of the audience in this setting to do something weird. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I wonder if we could bring back some elements from Red Earth, that projection, the 3D projection that, that we was did really for good. Red Earth. Well, and you'll have yeah. the projector already that you're playing the movie on. Oh, it's different, though, because we use No, no, no these, I understand that, yeah. but you would also have, like, that's not, that wouldn't be a foreign item to have yeah, present. Right. I see what you mean. Yeah, you'd already be set up. Huh. So if we combined short films that were genre-specific, we did a talk about the artistic... Uh, process that went into making these short films so that people could see or hear that while the labor is intense we did it over short periods of time and makes it more accessible like what i want to do is really get people using their imaginations to say like huh i might be a you know school teacher or a welder but i could make movies in my spare time why not yeah you know uh because the technology is there now and uh, everything is there for you to do it that's what I would want. Yep. And then if we had a theater piece and maybe an experimental projection element. Well, this has been Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how a genre gets made. I am GMB Kamichuk, encouraging you to join the fight. Really, use your imagination. But, you know, if you had to pick, I'd say make comics. Mm-hmm.